0: folks! Welcome back to the Above the Bar Podcast. It's your host, Sean. It's December 21st. We're getting ready for uh, Christmas on Sunday. Hanukkah just started. So whatever holiday you're celebrating, I hope you enjoy it. I hope it's safe. And I hope Santa Claus brings you everything you want. We are bellying up to the bar today. We have brought with us the Queen of Queens, the badass of Brooklyn, Mother Justice herself, a woman who proves what a parent's love will have you do what links we will go as parents. And I don't mean getting those cereal box off the top shelf. I mean, real deal, taking it to that next level we have with us today, miss. And I'm, she said I could switch it up. I'm so happy. Cause I, I was going to go with the last name of Giuliano, but I like this better. Miss Doreen queen, Quinn. So <laughs> you got applause and everything. <laughs> So, well, thank you. Doreen and I are going to be talking about her her son, John. I'm going to say John Juca. We're going to talk about her son, John Juca, his situation, uh, how he's been falsely locked up, how it's been proven over and over. But here in the People's Republic of New York, for some reason, they just don't want to admit to it, and they just don't want to. Uh, Sonia Sotomayor, I'm talking to you at the Supreme Court because you're part of this also. Don't think you're getting away with it. So before we get into all this, now that I've teased you all, I've sucked you all in to what could we be talking about at the bar today, let's get into some housekeeping real quick. If you're finding us through Doreen, you're finding us right now, please take a moment, share this to every page that you're listening to, share this on everything. Make sure if you go on Facebook or Spotify, whatever you're using to listen to us on, Give it a five-star rating. Give it a comment. That's how Doreen's story gets out there. That's how John's story gets out there. Without you doing that, this is just you know the handful of us that are listening. So make sure you take the time. You go do those things. Go find out about this. But if you got your own cause, right over my right shoulder, that's our big board for sticker and a cause. You've got your own thing. I don't care if it's as simple as you've got a podcast of your own or you've got uh, something uh, – Girl Scout troop. I don't care. Or you got a situation just like Doreen's and you're looking to uh, support something. Reach out to me on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, TikTok, even our email. It's all the above the bar podcast emails at Gmail. Reach out. Let me know what your story is. I'll give you the address where to send it. And on air, I will read about your situation, whatever you're supporting live on the air, put it on, put your sticker on the board for everyone to be able to see. So again, Reach out. Let me know what you got going on. Now, maybe your media, maybe your media has been been locking up on you. Your media has been wrongly accused of being good, and you need to fix it. Reach out to Media by Dibs. That's D I B S. You can find Dibs on Facebook, and you can find him on Instagram at Media by Dibs, or on uh, LinkedIn at Andrew Dibble. You let him know that you're there to belly up to the bar. He's going to give you a ten percent discount on your first order and a free consultation. That's media by dibs. All right, Miss Doreen, it's all done. Uh-huh. It's open. Tables are wiped down. Everything's set. If you're not watching the live, uh, I'm not by. I, I know Doreen and I have had this story. We talked probably back in August, was the first time we talked. That's at, right. At the International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. We weren't planning on talking, somebody snatched her up.
1: I'm gonna give credit to Anthony to Pitbull. shout out to him because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be on this show today. He introduced us. That's right. Thank you, Anthony.
0: Anthony, we appreciate you. Anthony snatched you up. Yes. And uh, said, "Come sit next to this guy." And Anthony, I believe I gotta look at the date. Anthony should be coming up here real soon. That uh, Anthony's gonna be coming on. Nice. He's he's got 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 another
1: wrongful conviction. He did 20 years wrongful. I want to read
0: it. And it's mind blowing to me what this is. So let's start here. Um, John's been locked up now for how many years?
1: 19 years.
0: 19 years.
1: 19 long years. And we proved over and over again that he did not get a fair trial. So, I mean, we proved that, you know, he was wrongfully convicted, that he's absolutely innocent. But um, from what I've uncovered was that there was very serious misconduct in the jury box, and that's how I was dubbed Mother Justice, by going undercover and revealing a corrupt juror.
0: Well, I, and, and I've read this article through Vanity Fair. Oh yeah. I wouldn't okay. got away with not reading it because Doreen was like, "Did you read the article?" and I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm going to read it." She's like, "No, no, did you read the article?" Doreen, I you just sent it to me 10 minutes ago. I'm a slow reader. No, but did you read the <laughs> article? I'm like, I, I'm so I sat down and I read the article. Yeah. And that's why as we're going forward with this a, and we're going to tell John's story. And as you see scrolling along the bo- bottom folks, if you're if you're watching the live feed, uh, com and Juka spelled g i uca.com take a moment check out john's situation you're gonna we'll read all the organizations that are helping to support this situation here uh by the end of the show but you'll also find out there who's supporting john who's helping out in john's situation but i want you to take a moment so john's been locked up for 19 years i want to give some context to who this young man was never got in trouble before with, with the police before this correct
1: no Never, never gotten in trouble before. He was uh, in John Jay College of Criminal Justice. Going to school. It. He uh, he was a good kid. I never had any trouble with him at all.
0: No, no issues. Never, never a problem child in college. Going to college. Yes. You know, fairly. You know, blue collar neighborhood you guys lived in, mm-hmm. but 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 you definitely were doing well for yourself. You guys owned a trucking company or something at that time. No,
1: no, no, construction.
0: Construction. Yeah. Uh, and, I knew it was, I, I remember it was something like, cause you, I remember you telling me you ran, you ran everything at that time. You, you were, you were the boss lady at that I point Was the point.
1: boss lady. Right.
0: Handling all the office business. So yeah. yeah. Not, my
1: husband was the one who was doing the building. I right. couldn't, you know, I couldn't hammer a nail on the wall.
0: <laughs> you, you weren't swinging hammers at that time.
1: Oh no, 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 I wasn't.
0: So, so all this is but going, we're a
1: good team.
0: right. You, you guys were making it happen. And, so we're not talking that that John was a problem job. We're not going to go back and find, no. you know, start pulling records where, you yeah. know, all of his life he was getting locked up, that there would have been any indication that they should have been like, well, yeah, hey, this this is this is our guy.
1: Um, Yeah. But you know what? In order to get a conviction, they have to dirty you up. They have to character assassinate you. So the prosecutor's office, the ADA would feed lies to the press and the press would uh, report it as if it was a fact and and that's a problem that's a real problem they should be more responsible and not just um you know be spoon fed by the people
0: well and that's something i want to i want to get into as far as that portion and there is zero accountability they have no accountability after the fact which is pretty impressive, surprising to me when you really think about our justice system. And look, folks, w- you're never going to hear me say that our justice system is perfect. There is, trust me, plenty of people that belong where they're at. Right. But the problem with our justice system is it doesn't f- is there's no apology in it is what I want, what right. I want to get across. There's no apology in our justice system.
1: Apology. Oh, my God, you're crazy. First of all, they, they have absolute immunity, prosecutors. Right. And no matter what they do, they're not held accountable. So, of course, they're going to, you know, um, you know, cause serious misconduct Absolutely. because there's no repercussions. There's, they have what you call absolute immunity. So sure. they could lie. They could do whatever they want. To get that conviction and that's what happened here it was lie after lie after lie this was a case of uh, he said she said there was absolutely no evidence no eyewitness no forensic no no confession nothing contradictory um statements and uh, in order to get these young kids to testify against john there was coercion there was there was threats there was leverage found over these kids to get them to cooperate and testify against john well that's what now you want you might want to say why why do they want this kid in prison wrongfully you might want to say that right it's it was election year and it, it was yeah it was a high profile case right from the beginning it was election year Go ahead. I don't
0: want to cut you off. (laughs) I I just want to roll it back for a second, Doreen. See, this is where, because, and understand, folks, as you're hearing Doreen, she's been in this fight for 19 years. Actually, probably 20 at this point, because you add in in the time beforehand. But I want to roll it back for a second to give everyone the context of what happened. Okay. So, 2003, Mm -hmm. you're out of town with your husband.
1: Mm -hmm. Columbus uh, weekend. John. Columbus day weekend. John,
0: John and some friends throw a party at the house. Uh-huh. Um, one young man was there at the party. And if I get something wrong, correct me. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm uh-huh. giving the best Reader's Digest version I got here. One young man was at the house, left the party. And I'm going to throw a piece of that information in there that will make sense here in a moment, folks. Uh-huh. Left the party with a blanket.
1: From it, my house, on my your, couch, on my
0: sofa. From your house. And went down the block and was about three blocks away. Three Uh blocks. I was gonna say two. Three blocks away Uh was robbed and murdered. Correct. When they the next nobody else had left the house, other than a second young man had left the house.
1: Uh
0: And John had never left the house. Nobody else had left the house. They weren't weren't ever involved as far as that part was concerned.
1: John was drunk and he was sleeping. So he got up about one o'clock in the afternoon.
0: The next day. Yes. By this point, there's police activity that down the alleyway. Well, they, that
1: morning, just, just that so point. you know, not the next day, because it was like 5, 6 o'clock in the morning when, you know, the house was cleared out. So, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, he got up.
0: Okay. So, at that point, nobody knows what's going on right. other than the fact that now there's police activity a couple blocks away. Correct. I grew up in Baltimore you growing up in New York City, we know that it don't matter what day of the week it is and what block you live on. There's police activity. There's something. It's, it's, you, all, you almost grow to ignore it. Uh-huh. So all this goes down. The next thing you know, the one young man who had died was from the party and the other one that left was from that committed the crime was from the party also. Correct. Uh-huh. The police get involved. They start finding out, well, where are you coming from? They see the blanket. They want to come back to your house. What was John's involvement? What was his piece? Because that was the tie in was the party and then the blanket. The
1: blanket,
0: right. Well, that was their tie in back to the house.
1: Correct. But, you know, all cases have layers and layers and layers. And we could be here for six months. But I'll address the blanket. Okay. Um, Let's if if anybody, if you committed a crime, are you going to leave a calling card? Are you, like a calling card saying, here I am. Are you going to leave a blanket that could, you know, come right back to you? No, right? And, you know, it's it just all the layers just are so ludicrous. It's
0: and, and they, said
1: they said, initially they said that John um, put him in a vehicle and, and, and killed him in a vehicle and drove off, you know, the prosecutors didn't know what happened, so they made up all these different scenarios and tried to feed, feed them to the jury. First, they were feeding them to the public, because long before a single juror takes a seat, you know, they're going to have their minds made up by reading the tabloids and watching TV over and over again. They, are t- they become tainted. So they said that um, there was a blanket and John drove a vehicle, so I said, you know, if John drove, first of all, he didn't have a vehicle, but if he would have drove the victim, Mark Fisher, in a vehicle, why would he take him three blocks away and dump him off? Wouldn't you take him a hundred blocks away?
0: Right. Why would you keep him right in your same neighborhood? Correct. But the, but the other thing was, is they also, their initial contact with with John was to say that he was a gang leader.
1: Oh, Yeah. That's to character assassinate.
0: And what was the gang name?
1: Um forgetting right
0: now. Junior Mafia or something like oh,
1: that. Oh uh, Ghetto Mafia. That's right. Ghetto,
0: ghetto Mafia.
1: Well, well, I could um, I could clear something up with that as well. Yeah. Okay. So they latched onto that, and that was Anna Siganik and Lazi. She first of all now, Who was is she? The, well, she was the ADA on the case, and she uh, repeatedly bragged about never losing a case she never lost a case ever 35 straight wins so right then you know that this isn't about truth and justice and getting to the bottom this is about winning win 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 so she said because one because of course they're going to do an investigation and one of the kids said that they were a part of a gang called the Stratford straight cats and
0: yeah. That sounds so tough. That's the toughest gang I've ever heard of. The st- dude, don't you know we're the Stratford Stray Cats? <laughs> well, you that, the, that didn't know. make
1: an impression on her. So then the kid was like, and then we changed our name to uh Westminster Warriors, but then eventually we became the Ghetto Mafia. And all of this is true. They did name themselves Stratford Stray Cats when they were 12 and 14, and then Ah, uh, seventeen, maybe I don't know the ages, but as they were all grown up, we live in Brooklyn. You get every nationality that you can yeah, imagine. Out with the Jewish kids, the Arab kids, the Spanish kids. All I mean, this is Brooklyn, so they named themselves the Ghetto Mafia. But keep in mind, they never did anything violent. They played the Monopoly in my house to one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> We made meat pies. We They played Risk. And this is what they did. And well, as they got older, they challenged each other to see how many shots of liquor they could take. But that was 19-year-olds. And, yes, they did call themselves Ghetto Mafia, but Addison and Nicolazzi took that name and ran with it. There was no gang. Absolutely.
0: Not a gang like we would know. It was the right. R gang. It was the R gang. Right. You know where was where was Alfalfa and Stymie and all this. You know what I mean. That's that's what this was.
1: And you know what? I just wish during trial that question was asked because there was I want to say two people maybe got up and said yeah they were part of the ghetto mafia. But where the defense attorney, he should have said, well, what did you do to be a part of this? What did you? um did you did you drink did you commit crimes it was if they fell short on getting that out you know they yeah it was it was sad so right. of course the jury thought they were a gang member plus the tabloids said gang members oh, oh no they were soprano wannabes that's what it was they well, were soprano well, wannabes
0: and they also went after the fact using that as we talked about before was to say that the young man who committed the crime of murdering Mark Fisher, he was ordered to do this so he could join the gang. It was. Well,
1: i to cut you off again. Cause okay. I'm very good at cutting off. Do, I,
0: the,
1: do this to join the gang. I thought he was already in the gang.
0: Right. Right. That was, that was their whole thing. Right. What, at one point it was to join. And then the other part was he was already part of it. That so, John ordered it. Right.
1: Right to up the uh, right to join up the, the street.
0: Cred a bit. The street yeah. cred.
1: Right, right, right.
0: So, and, uh, so they were all over the place with this.
1: Oh uh, yeah, because they didn't know what happened. So my son is in prison for 25 years to life on, on several theories, you know. And then when I went undercover, I I didn't want to segue into that, but but that's what's happening. When I went undercover to reveal that John didn't get a fair trial. He did not get a fair trial. That's why the verdict was wrong. It was serious juror misconduct, and I've uncovered that. And what did the judge at the time, Judge Alan Maris, what did he say to all this evidence that I've collected? He said that he he held a press conference instead of just making a decision. What he actually should have done was hold a evidentiary hearing and collect all the evidence, get an expert to examine the recordings, because I re- I did a lot of recordings on the juror who was admitting to me very serious misconduct. So instead of holding an evidentiary hearing, he held a press conference. What judge does that?
0: One that's looking to, to keep his chair. So, so now I want to get into the undercover piece, because again, that Vanity Fair article and what you did, there were things within that converse, that article that folks go look up Doreen and go look up her article. Uh, Giuliano is spelled G I U L I A N O. Go look that, that up. go see what that's, that's about go figure that the whole thing out because you're going to read things that, You're never going to believe that you're just going to be mind boggled because this is a true like when I say a mother's love and a mother's passion for for knowing what's right. But before you got to that point, how many times did you guys go back and the courts either said somebody said, yep, this needs to be this is wrong, presented evidence to show that John was innocent, the, the young man who committed the crime. Admitted, admitted that John it, wasn't he involved
1: he, he confessed that he committed the crime several times he did it alone and with his own gun because Anna Nikolazi, Nicolazzi with her many theories first said that John was there on the spot kicking and shooting the victim and then her theory this is a, a trial that she's telling the jury. And then she changes her theory and says John was home and gave uh, Antonio Russo, the one who confessed to it, the gun. So that means John was charged with acting in concert. And Antonio Russo said, uh-uh, I, I did this. I did this alone. So, Sean, you would expect he right. this man confessing to it several times, Two detectives, right? For the doors to come flying open and let John go home.
0: Right. What it should have been the end of it. I did it. I did it alone. I acted alone. I wasn't part yeah. of any gang. It wasn't a gang related thing. But that's how they've, they've also pegged John to keep him where he's at. To say, nope, he was a gang leader. And this guy's oh, just, God.
1: Yeah. just
0: just sitting on this to, to say, oh, nope, I'm protecting my, my gang leader. That yeah. That's how they're... Oh, well, what approaching.
1: Is. It's horrible. It's horrible. He's suffering tremendously. And this Anna Sigam Nicolazzi is no longer at the DA's office. She moved on to become a host for some cheesy show on Discovery uh, called True Convictions. Can you imagine this?
0: My mother watches that show.
1: Let me tell you, okay? She's a fraud. And she not only did this to John, but she did it to many. And we have our district attorney, Eric Gonzalez, protecting her career over truth and justice. We have a judge protecting her career. Immediately after, John had an evidentiary hearing and was denied in that very same courtroom, Anna Siganicolazzi had an episode of her show in that courtroom. She used it as a stage. So all along while we're having this evidentiary hearing, Danny Chun, Judge Danny Chun, knew that his courtroom was going to be used for her show. It's...
0: How is that not... See, even- it's crazy. It's not a conflict.
1: Nobody. Right. That's a conflict of interest. That's biased. How, we have nobody to step up and say, this has is, this is gone too far. The kid is suffering. And he didn't do this crime, and they know it. But Eric Gonzalez dug his heels in so deep and constantly protecting her career that at this point, he can't turn around and say, I'm wrong. He's going to look pretty bad. He pretends that he's very progressive. But he's not. He's a
0: fraud. Well well, let's be honest. I mean, none of those folks are progressive. That, that's uh, the idea of progress in the United States is nowhere near progressive anywhere else. It's you know, it to it that's a whole show in and of itself that I talk about often. So
1: But it's got I'm, a lot of people fooled, they make big donations.
0: Oh, sure. Well, because they that benefits him. Look, I say this all the time, Doreen. Any crime, and this isn't Doesn't necessarily fall under that. But any crime that has a uh, price tag attached to it, meaning a fine or something like that attached to it, even if it's, you know, bail, uh, bail attached to it, any crime that has a a financial number attached to it was not made for you and me like the rich, the rich. That crime was not made from that's you and me have to go to jail for that. That law was put made to put you and I in jail while the rich just pay that off and move on. So that's a whole another subject in and of itself. So I'm with you on that. How many years did you go through this before we ever get to the undercover piece?
1: Um so let me just uh make something clear. It was the juror misconduct first and many many years after that that we we found some very serious um okay. Uh, evidence so i we were in court for what you call brady violations are you familiar with brady Uh,
0: the only brady bill i know of is the firearms bill the brady bill so i don't know what brady violations are
1: all right so i guess um i hope i could explain it um so a brady violation is when the prosecutors hold back um exculpatory uh favorable evidence that the uh, defendant could have used And they hide it.
0: Suppression of evidence.
1: Suppression of evidence, exactly. And that's called a Brady violation, which is another whole issue. I mean, it's like a slap on the wrist when they get caught. Actually, nothing happens to them because they have immunity. But they also name it a Brady violation when it sounds almost like a parking ticket, a violation. It's not a violation. It's not a parking ticket. This is a Brady crime because... By hiding that favorable evidence, you are causing a man to go to prison or a woman to go to prison for the rest of their life sometimes. Even the death row. Because they decided that they're not going to turn this over. And during discovery, you're supposed to turn over everything. And that's not what happens. And it's very rare, very rare that they get caught. And in this situation, after the juror misconduct, the juror issue didn't fall on the prosecutor, didn't fall in the Brooklyn DA's office. That was him. He committed this very serious perjury and contempt of court. The juror.
0: And, and the so juror that, chose this on his own.
1: That's right. But then after that, we found a hidden evidence over and over again. And then you go to the judge and you expect for the judge to throw out the conviction and give John a fair trial
0: Right, even a retrial.
1: That's what I'm asking for. Right. Retrial. Retrial. I'm not asking anybody to say, Oh, he's innocent. The mother is wearing, you know, rose colored glasses. Not my son. No, right. I'm saying, give him a fair trial so we could prove his innocence. And we can't even get that. We can't even get that. But I have to say, okay. in 2018, we did get a reversal of the conviction. We did, and it was based on a Brady violation because Anna Siga Nicolazzi, from true conviction, she hid evidence uh, with a jailhouse informant. It's a long story. I need another show for another two hours maybe. But to um, sum it up, there was evidence that she didn't turn over for the jury to see. And what that was was there was a jailhouse informant. His name was John Avito. And he testified that John confessed to him. And in addition, that he overheard John in Rikers Island visiting room confess something. So it was two parts, okay? When in fact, it's a, it's a long story, like I said, but Anisek and Nicolazzi gave him a benefit for his testimony. And she didn't reveal that to the jury. She didn't. She hid the fact that he was benefiting.
0: Now, are they supposed to like, because I, I don't know. Is that something that, hey, we've got this person here. They're going to admit to this. But for their testimony, we're providing them with. Correct. Know, that he took, was facing
1: God. three and a half to seven years in prison for crimes that he committed. But instead of going to jail for three and a half to seven years, he went home. So that was his benefit. Years later, he comes forward and he says, I lied. And then he explains why he lied because he was terrified to go to jail himself and he cleaned up his act. He was on drugs and he tried to just, you know, uh,
0: it was his way out. He, 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 so he was protecting himself. Right. Could have cared less what happened to John. Hey, look, this is me, me or you and you lose,
1: you know, It was very emotional when he came forward and I could even cry now because it took a lot of guts for him to do that, to confess. And we had a hearing and he got up on the stand and he cried and he looked at John and John couldn't look at him. He couldn't look at him. He was so devastated. And he said, I'm sorry, John, I'm sorry. Right. And then after that, you forget we're going to get a new trial because like I said, the ADA, Anasiga Nikolazi hid the fact that he was benefiting, and it now came out. And instead, what happened was Danny Chun, the judge, said that his testimony was laughable, and he didn't believe him. And he said it was laughable. And we're saying to ourselves, but wait a minute, hold on. Was it laughable when he testified against John? It's laughable now when he feels like he's cleansing his soul and apologizing to John. It was, it was unbelievable. So no matter what we do, and we put evidence before this judge, Judge Danny Chun, we're denied, 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 denied. So really, it doesn't matter. We can have. The confessions from the real killer, he could confess over and over again. We got affidavits, recantations from almost everybody who testified against John. They came forward and said, I lied, and they said why they lied. The whole trial was a sham. We show this to the judge, and he denies us again. The latest The latest, I don't want to keep going on and on, but I do want to tell you and and your audience, the latest hearing that we had was, John should be home right now because it was so incredible. In addition to the jailhouse informant, John Oviedo, we had a second jailhouse informant named Ingram. Now, I'm hoping that everybody, I mean, maybe somebody, are they writing in? Are they keeping up with me, your audience?
0: I, I, I'm not getting a lot. I, you've got, normally I get a lot of questions by this point. And folks, you can send in questions as you're listening. If you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Twitch, wherever you're answer your question. I do want to throw this real quick. I could not tell you that if you went to judges.newyorklawjournal.com that you could find a profile for Danny, D-A-N-N-Y underscore Chun, C-H-U-N, who is a New York Supreme Court, Kings County, at 320 J Street, Brooklyn, 347-296-1067, that you could find him and ask him why in a case like this he he would do this. I couldn't tell you to do that, but I could tell you where to find it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. He's so extremely biased. And, you know, I, I said to myself, before I get on this show, I'm not going to throw names. I'm not going to.
0: But those uh, names uh, are important.
1: They are important, but you know what? It doesn't really matter. We've been um, very respectful and not um, outing them, not outing uh, Eric Gonzalez, not outing Danny Chun, and it really doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't even matter anymore because we had the evidence, and Danny Chun held an evidentiary hearing to get to the bottom of it. But in actuality, it was just a way to distort the facts so that we can't go to the federal level because of a factual finding. And let me explain that to your audience, okay? So there was a record. We got a reversal of the conviction in 2018. Danny Chun denied us on the avito thing, getting a benefit. And the second department threw out the case. So we're preparing to go back to trial. John is going to get a second shot, right, to prove his innocence. None of this made sense. So in the meantime, the DA's office was sending over boxes of discovery so we can prepare for a new trial. And in in that box, in one of the boxes, there was a tape recording that we never heard before. And it was a second jailhouse informant named Ingram. So we get this tape and Mark Bedero, who's a phenomenal lawyer, okay? He calls me up and tells me to have a seat. That he just listened to this tape recording and he's sure that we've never seen this before. Have you, Doreen? I said, no. And essentially what it was, was Ingram in Rikers Island was with Antonio Russo the real killer. And Antonio Russo confesses to him and he says, I did it. John didn't didn't do anything and it was my gun. Because keep in mind, Anastiga Nicolazzi was claiming it was John's gun and he gave it to him. So Russo confessed to him. Ingram finds his way to, he, he calls his lawyer. They make a, an appointment to sit with the district attorney and a detective, and he tells them what this guy confessed to him. She records it, and then it disappears for 15 years. Like magic. So if John's lawyer at the time from 2005 had this tape, he would have used it to get the not guilty verdict. He would have used it. So we have an evidentiary hearing, and the two lawyers, Rousseau's lawyer, Mr. Fink, and John's lawyer, Mr. Gregory, they testify, and they both swear they never got this tape, or they would remember. Right. Rousseau's lawyer said he has a procedure, a process that he goes through. He, he questions everybody who's on on the a witness list or whatever evidence he has, and he did not question Mr. Ingram, and he knows he never got this tape. John's lawyer said, never got the tape. He would have used it. Nicolazi was subpoenaed by John's attorney now, and she's not really quite sure if she turned it over.
0: She intended
1: to, and she took all the actions to turn it over, but she's not quite sure if she did. Now, keep in mind, this isn't all verbatim, but I'm doing the best I can. Right. So then we're going to get the decision. Now, keep in mind, at the same time, Nicolazzi, for true conviction, is scheduled to do her show in Danny Chun's courtroom. Right. Mm-hmm. So we get the decision. Danny Chun makes sure that, you know, we, everybody's on Zoom, that John is there. And he denies John. And in his decision, he states that the two defense attorneys must have gotten the tape. They just forgot.
0: Wow. He
1: distorted the facts. They just forgot. And that Nicolazzi did turn over the tape. So we're all delusional. And it's just like it was beyond devastating, beyond devastating. He deliberately was cruel because he made sure that John heard this. And we we were beyond stunned. John is just asking the courts to give him a fair trial. We all deserve a fair trial. You know, the juror was corrupt. He hated John and we never got into this.
0: Well, that's what I want to get into because okay. I, I want to talk about that. Like you're you're bringing this up, and I I brought the Vanity Fair article up, which folks, again, this is the John Juca case from 2003. John's been in jail now 19 years, with more evidence that of a of a just a jacked up legal situation. Very, uh, I I promise you, every bit of this laying it down sounds like. You know, a Lincoln lawyer type movie situation where horrible everybody would sit there and go, Ah, that's the movie. Like it this isn't real life. These things don't happen, but they oh, do.
1: Yes, they and, do. And, and please I, it's an epidemic. I it's an epidemic. Do you know how many wrongfully convicted people I know?
0: Well, I well, you've been involved in some of these groups, like Jeff's Jeff's discovics uh, group, and we were we were talking about some of the other folks that we Tom, know
1: Tommy Malik
0: now, he did 27 years wrongfully. He just got out. So, And it is it is a problem. And, folks, please check out Free John Juca. And Juca is G-I-U-C-A dot com. Check John stuff. John has a blog on Facebook where he, he's able to put out some information about what's going on and what his situation is. But you decided uh, with your husband of the time that you, you had a feeling that well, let's go back to this. How did you know to go after one of the jurors? What made you decide that? Hey, I needed to go reach out to this juror. I think this juror is dirty in all this.
1: Okay, I just want to point out one thing. My husband did not support me in this. He did not want me to do it. He oh, was, read the article. No, oh, no, no, no. You're not going to do this. You're going to fuck this up. We're going to get in more trouble. Do not do it. And I said I'm going to do it because I know I can. I was confident. And it took a lot of work. I have to say that though, Sean, I was like a, a kind of on the chubby side and my hair was very mousy brown and I was a housewife. Well, and I said, well, no way movie. is this guy going to even look at me. Well, so that's another whole long story. It was no picnic, I got to tell you.
0: Well, you got another Murphy, no relation, but, you know, we all stick together. He wants to know, wasn't one of the witnesses given a job in the DA's office after helping as a civilian in this case?
1: Oh, that's Kevin Murphy. Uh, Kevin Murphy was also wrongfully convicted. He's he Was
0: was, wrong- he the, was he the service member you were telling me about? Yes,
1: you should get him on your show. Kevin, Listen, you and I
0: got to talk because I was a Marine. And uh, Doreen was telling me all about you and your your situation. So we're going to find some time to talk, Kevin, you and I
1: yeah one of the witnesses who were at the party when john had the party see john a whole bunch of kids went to manhattan so your audience understands to party it was a columbus day weekend and some of them couldn't get in the bar because they were too young so they all made their way to my house and john didn't know them all john didn't know angel d pietro meredith denahan uh mark fisher he didn't know them anyway Long story short, Angel DiPietro did end up testifying against John. I don't really recall everything she said, but I don't think it was too damaging against him. However, there was a lot of lies that she told to the detectives early on. I'm not saying at trial. I'm saying early on she was spinning tales, lies after lie. And we still can't really put our finger on why lie. However, she ended up getting a job in the DA's office.
0: No conflict of interest there at all.
1: She after she lied, she did lie up on the stand, but I, I can't say exactly what it was. It's almost twenty years ago,
0: right? But so, so you you talk to your husband. He's not. He He's thinks. Not I'm, gonna I'm gonna here. do it
1: anyway. I'm gonna. And, and this is what happened. So we could go back a little bit. And I'm getting a little more comfortable. I'm not as nervous now to tell the story, you know. Um, before I was so scared my teeth were chattering. I got a jacket. I was like, maybe I'm just cold.
0: <laughs> Nate's already trying to put you in contact with uh TV people, you know, he's right, he's ready to get you a TV deal. Who's this? Uh a buddy of mine, Nate. He's he's got a lot of connections. He's ready to get you a TV deal. It'll be on the paranormal channel, but he's ready to get you a deal.
1: Um Okay, so we're going to go back. We're going to go back. Um, So uh, when you're in court watching trial, you have the jury, right? And one of John's friends, had he was watching. His name is Billy, okay? So Billy's watching and watching. And nobody gave us a set of rules that what you can and cannot do in the courtroom. And one of them is if you are on the witness list, you can't sit in the audience. So nobody told us that. What do we know? And he didn't even know he was on the witness list, but it's a strategy that they use. They put everybody on the witness list, right? To keep them out of the courtroom. So when one of John's friends are going to testify against them, he doesn't have to look in the eyes of his other friends. So they get them all out by putting them on the witness list, but no intentions of calling them anyway. So Billy's there, and he's looking at the jury, and he gets thrown out. Anasiga Nicolazi looks and says, what is he doing here? Get him out. He's like, what did I do wrong? So he leaves, and about a month after the conviction, John gets convicted. One of his friends, James, came to me, and he said, Billy said he recognized one of the jurors. And I said, is Billy a bullshit artist? Is he like a storyteller? Maybe he just wants attention. James says, nah, Billy's not that type. If he said he recognizes one of the jurors, he's telling the truth. So, of course, I go to his house, bang on his door, I gotta talk to him. Who's this juror that you, you know, that you recognized? And he told me his name is Jason Allo, and he would come to his house to smoke pot. And he said he lives He lives near here, but I'm not quite sure where. So I said, he hung out with you guys? He goes, yeah, he hangs out. His cousin, Linda, dated Billy's brother. So while you are, before you become a juror member, you have to do a questionnaire. Do you know anybody involved in this case? Have you read any newspapers? You know, you have to be very truthful. He said he knew no one that was involved. Anderson Nicolazzi read the witness list. Billy, James, everybody who was on the witness list, and he kept his mouth shut. He actually hung out with John's friends. He didn't know John, but he knew many of his friends. And like I said, his cousin dated Billy's um, brother. So he keeps his mouth shut so he could get on the jury. And when I went undercover, all right. So he told me that. He told me that he recognized him. Then eventually I end up finding out where he lives. And that well, was-
0: no, you're going, you're, you're, you're skirting some things here.
1: Okay. Yeah. You're so skirting just bring things. me back. I'll remember. Bring, bring
0: it back. So so you find this out, and now you go to your right. husband and say, Hey, I'm gonna go undercover. Oh,
1: he yeah. finally
0: buys into it. Yeah. You did a lot to prepare for this. Yes. It wasn't just I figured out where his house was and knocked on the door and was like, hey, you no, had a, no. you had an extra apartment.
1: No, no, no. But that's not what I was getting at before. It was yeah. How I found out where he lived was because the barber, I got a bunch of guys to go look for him and try to get me his address. That was number one. And they spoke to everybody you could imagine hunting this guy down. And then it came back to me. The barber gave him up. He said, "Oh, he lives right around the corner." So now I have his address. Then I had to convince my ex-husband that I have to do this, you know. And he's like, "You know what? I might as well help you because you're going to do it anyway." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it was. What are, are you going to do? You, you know what, you Doreen? Saw? Are you stubborn? I'm D- sorry,
0: Doreen. Are you stubborn?
1: Um. Yeah, maybe I'm stubborn. Yeah, I'm stubborn. You know what it is? If my son did this, okay, if he committed this crime, of course I'm still going to support him.
0: But you're still a mother.
1: Right. I'm going to still support him, but I'm going to go about it a complete different way. I'm going to try to get him therapy, number one, and just, you know, I'm not going to risk my marriage, risk my whole life, you know, to, to get John a fair trial on that was that's the bottom line. Well, and the, it wasn't that I was stubborn is that you know you have to do what you what you can do if you had the means and opportunity and I believe that any mother and father would do what I've done if they had the means and opportunity.
0: Absolutely. Right. No,
1: so I, I didn't really do anything special.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, no, no. You did some special shit. Don't don't downplay that in any way, shape, or form because I'm going to throw it out there a hundred times for people to go check the Vanity Fair article and understand what's in that article. And uh, we've got the Amy Flowers on YouTube telling us uh, that you showed up in drug court for Oviedo's behalf. No, and
1: I did not. That's not true. That's not true. That's that was, it. no, that was Anasiga Nicolazzi showed oh. up in drug oh,
0: court. Oh, for, for this guy.
1: For Oviedo, right.
0: And, and but the Amy Flowers, I love her pictures. They're, her pictures on her YouTube are free. Free John Juka. Uh, when
1: she said, and she showed up. She uh, she means showed me up.
0: Anna Nicolai- Nicolai- God, Laga- And that was,
1: and that was the benefit that he got. You know, she showed up in court, and you, and Amy, you are correct. She, Anna Sigonellazi showed up in court when he was facing three and a half to seven because he absconded a court. Uh, appoint, uh, uh, appointed yeah court appointed drug court I'm saying that right wrong but uh, John Avito um, absconded his drug program and that's what triggered a warrant and now he was supposed yes. to go to prison and instead of prison Anasiga Siga got him off of that got him to go home and that was his benefit and she didn't disclose that so Amy you are correct
0: you do realize you're the only person outside of Anna's family that could say her name the way you do. Oh, really? Look, I listened to you about a hundred times. This is the second time us talking about this and I can't say her name. Anna Nicolai. I can't do it. Nikolai,
1: lie. lie.
0: There it is. Anna Nicolai's, you
1: know.
0: Z. Yeah. <laughs> Lies, liesy. But- you know what's
1: crazy, Sean? She got her own show, Right. The, the, the um, You said she
0: was like a model or something, also you were telling me. Like she was a model and an actress and then No, Alure. not a model. No,
1: she's too much of a stick figure to be a model. I think Aren't I, they I all think they have to have some sort of a shape, a no, no. shape, maybe. No. Models no. are stick figures?
0: Models are stick figures. Grown men grown men like shapes.
1: Well, right.
0: Let, let me put it to you this way. I ain't never liked to drive a drive a straight flat road as much as I have a curvy one.
1: Down, right? Yeah, well, I guess maybe. So she's tall and thin, so they could uh pad her up for the show. I don't know, but anyway.
0: Anyway, I'm um, not trying so to be she, mean or nothing here, but no,
1: no, no. But uh, you're right. I think they want well, because you look like ten pounds heavier on TV. I
0: think the, the whole TV puts ten pounds on your thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So anyway, so, she's got the show, and uh, she's a fraud.
0: So, but I want to stay with I want. And folks, we're we're gonna go over our hour mark. So if you stick with us, we appreciate you. Uh, so and you, I don't
1: stop crying.
0: You're fine. Trust me, every mother out there to hearing this story it should cry with you and should reach out and check out freejohnjuca.com and take the time to see what this is all about. If you're here in the in the People's Republic of New York, you should be reaching out to your local senator, congressman, telling them like Hey, my assemblyman. Hey, do you know this case? You probably don't. You should be looking into this. How is this even possible? We're sitting here worrying about people who mean nothing in our lives when people who do matter in someone's life is sitting here rotting away in jail for no reason.
1: Yeah,
0: so, he's a and, good and, and again, you've And if he was
1: with, bad. I would say he's a fucking little but, prick, but he was a good, good kid.
0: And and if you've heard, haven't? If this is, you're just joining us and listening, Doreen we haven't once heard just a flat out my kid's innocent, leave him alone. It's we want another trial. We want a, we want a fair trial. We want one that isn't tainted by somebody's career and wanting more out of this. You know, there's so many things that, that could have been been done and we all know that. So you, you finally go to get to this undercover point and you're going to go in and meet this, this gentleman who was a juror. And you want to confront him and get this information. How did you prepare for that physically and mentally?
1: Hmm. It wasn't easy, let me tell you. So it took me months and months, and um, you know, I just was started working out. I haven't worked out in years. I started working out and I uh, dyed my hair really blonde. See, this is the real color.
0: <laughs> you stuck with the bl- and stuck with the blonde?
1: Yes, I stuck with the blonde, it works me. um a tan my body. I used to put on fake nails, fake eyelashes, working out a lot. Just wanted to try to attract him and get his attention. And I wanted to get to the bottom of it. What went wrong in the jury box? What went wrong? And I got to tell you, um, the only reason why I went after him is because... Billy said that he recognized him and he was a pothead in addition when we were on a lunch break when the trial was happening i well actually it was my brother and my ex-husband and i was there in the area but i didn't catch it my brother overheard jason owl said i could sure use a blunt and he came over and he told me and I told the lawyer that this guy wants to get high while he's deliberating over my son's life. I, I want him to, you know, listen to everything. I don't want him stoned out. And that didn't really matter. The lawyer said it doesn't matter. He said I could sure use one. He didn't say he was smoking. So I said, okay, I let okay. it go. I let it go. So that's another reason. That stuck in my head. And I said that's a, that's another reason I'm going to go after him. See what he could possibly tell me. What went on? What went wrong? And I found out so much more than I anticipated. It was he believed his boss believed him uh, to be a, no. He believed him to be a Jew, and he hated Jews. Right.
0: He his, took the name yeah. Chuka and thought it was a Jewish name, not an Italian name. He thought it was a Jewish name and didn't like Jewish people. Yes. So it was anti-Semite. And and that was his whole reason.
1: That's insane. When he told me that, I almost passed out. That's another story. Because I was, I had the recorder down in my bra and we were standing face to face and he's going on and on about this Jewish kid who lives over there in that Jew neighborhood. And Then he goes on to say, and he had a car, and, you know, people follow him because when you have money, people follow you. He's teaching me stuff now. I'm saying to myself, first of all, John didn't have any money, and he didn't have a car, and he's not Jewish. And then he tells me about his boss wanted to see that kid fry. So
0: Now, why did his boss want that?
1: Um, Because everything you read in the newspaper about John being a ghetto mafia and killed this innocent kid. So you're reading the newspaper. And that's why I said long before a single juror takes a seat, they already have their mind made up because the press helps the district attorney get the verdict.
0: Court of public opinion.
1: Public opinion. Exactly. So he's going on and on about it. I started to cry. I had to put my head down. And I'm like, oh, this man, my son is in prison for being Jewish. And he's not even Jewish. But that's besides the point, of course. So I excused myself. I went into the bathroom and had a good cry. Came back out and, you know, composed myself. And just went on with being a bit of an actress.
0: Now, how long... Were you undercover with this man going back and forth, living two lives?
1: I was living two lives. I was so stressed out. Sean, you don't even know. I, I had a name. I called myself D. So uh, I'm Doreen Juliano. I called myself D Quinn and D, 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 D. And um, I met his friends. We hung out. We went to Manhattan. It was like, I don't know. I lost track of time, really. But I'm going to say eight months undercover.
0: And you were going to like clubs, smoking pot. Yes. You know, you, you, you got deep. Now, one of the things I remember. And I smoking- don't
1: smoke pot. I just want every oh, all my friends and family. They know I don't smoke pot. So that was another whole big stressful thing, whether to smoke or not. But I had to try to act cool. Then I was so worried that if I smoked, that I was going to get paranoid. Right. You know, I was like, if I smoke, I'm going to get paranoid. But I'm going to tell you, I smoked and I was cracking up laughing. <laughs> I was not paranoid.
0: You had, it was some good stuff. You had some, you had some yeah. good stuff. Well, yeah. one of the things I remember from the article, and um, I, I it's funny because as I'm reading this and I'm hearing what you're doing, I'm like, she's living this second life. She's got this other man she's going to see. And it, it reads like, You know, and I'm going to be very blunt about this. It reads like, well, she's going to end up sleeping with this guy. She's she's going to have to, to get this information. And I remember reading in the article that, you know, that was one of your husband at the times, only requests, don't do it. And you told him you weren't going to do it.
1: Don't cross the line. He told me
0: don't cross it, but you write in the article, if that was what it was going to take to get the information you needed, you were willing. Yes. Looking back at that today, would you still be as willing today as you were then?
1: Um. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, honestly, yeah, whatever it takes. It's just sex, who cares? Nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, the Americans have it all wrong. It's just not, it's just sex. Well, we've, gotten old,
0: we've gotten older that as we get older, we realize you know, it's not that big when we're younger, it's in everybody's. Chastising you as we get older Or like you know, yeah. know about that oh, Maybe thing.
1: yeah yeah However um, I gotta tell you you know Because I was really getting to know him He was nursing a broken heart He was with a woman for five years That just broke up with him And it was He was really confiding into me And um, I, I called it, Yeah I called him the target My target So I had to be very agreeable with him no matter what he said I laughed I wanted him to like me I wanted him to open up and you know when we have a lot of close family and friends it's more difficult for you to um, say some of your most inner um, secrets but yet you go to a therapist and you're telling them everything so I felt like I was a bit of a therapist for him he was just pouring his heart out to me, and the biggest thing was he was nursing a broken heart. So I think that saved me. <laughs> I think that saved it,
0: me. It kept, it kept him at a distance.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it. I think so.
0: So, so you go through this whole entire thing. All this is going on. Oh, and months. there was
1: a lot of hiccups. But go ahead.
0: Oh, I'm I rem- Again, I, I'm referencing the article. And please, folks, check out Vanity Fair is where you can find the actual full article. We're kind of paraphrasing a lot of it right now. Uh, also, make sure you're checking out freejohnjuka.com. And Juka is G-U or G-I-U-C-A, John Juka. Uh, make sure you, it, it's not a Jewish name. Um, make sure you're, you're you're checking these things out. But there were times where, wasn't there a situation where you thought he had left you you strip down to being back to being Doreen. We're getting ready to go out, <laughs> and, and and all of a sudden, he's still there. Like oh my
1: now. god! He came back for some reason. He left. I I usually wait because make sure the coast is clear. And I was I had some laundry, the high shoes. I actually put because the clothes that I wore were tight. I had shoes, high heels. I had the push-up bra.
0: Had it, it all going.
1: Ridiculous. <laughs> and I was putting everything in the trunk, and he snuck up on me. And he was like, hey, where you going? It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I had to think real quick on my toes. He came back, I want to say, for his cigarettes. And he said, oh just getting ready for the morning you know i can't remember what i said but i made up a, a lie real quick
0: that got on your feet fast
1: yes but i had my hair was up and i had sweats on i couldn't wait to go home into my own bed
0: you were you were ready to go you were done with all that
1: yeah yep
0: wow that is that
1: was just one of many hiccups i remember um So this was supposed to be my new apartment, and I was a transplant from California. And the reason why I came to Brooklyn was because I was going to work at this clinic
0: called
1: Second Look that takes a look at uh, claims of innocence, at inmates, at defendants who are claiming innocence, and they take a second look at it. And I thought, I made this up. Not second. Look, it really exists. But I made up this so that it could open up the story on when he actually served on a jury and the verdict. And so I a, a segue into that conversation. It opened the
0: conversation. It opened the conversation.
1: Right. So um, I forgot what I was leading to. So, well,
0: what well you were you were getting into, you know, we just talked about the kind of the hiccup and then how you got. Oh in. Yes, yes.
1: The hiccup. Right. So I'm supposed to be new to the neighborhood, right? And my apartment and all this, but my brother—he doesn't live too far. But I'm a California girl. Yeah, right. Oh, and at the time, oh, I was practicing how California.
0: Lorraine, there there's nothing California. I know.
1: I, I know. I sound like this. Listen, is- listen
0: to oh, me. California. We're down in the city. Listen, the, the, the only thing missing from you is the two utes. That's the two utes. Yeah. Like yeah. Mike, yeah. you're you're you could have been an extra in my cousin Vinny. Like you have a true New York accent. I got a true Baltimore accent. And you got a true New York accent. All right. Between the two of us, no one could ever understand us if the rest of us.
1: So I practiced. Okay. I can't do it now, but I practiced like if I was from California with the accent. And then I don't know. remember what I did. Like I put my bag down or something and I set my keys on the table. And you know, those little tags that you get from like ShopRite and Walmart and you put them on your keys. Well, I have like about 10 of them on my keys and he spotted it and he said, oh, these aren't your keys. And I looked and I said, you're right. They're not. They're my brother's. And he goes, I knew it like he was so proud of himself He goes, I knew it right away (laughs) that they weren't your keys because with all these tags. I mean, ShopRite, you probably don't even know what ShopRite is. I said, no, I don't. You're right. You're smart. You're
0: you're smart. Look at you. Look at you, smart guy. Look at you over here, Mr. Smart Man, making everybody smarter. (laughs) But
1: I got to say, you know, he was very, very prejudiced. He hated everybody.
0: Well, the fact that you convicted somebody, not on evidence, but because you believed based on their last name
1: yeah, that
0: they were Jewish.
1: Yeah, uh, so sad. So, uh, so sad.
0: Like, What world are you in?
1: Exactly.
0: That, that that's okay in your head. Like you justify that in your head. Right. So you go through all this eight months. Do you ever physically just tell him? Hey, by the way, I'm Doreen. You convicted my son, John Juca. And oh, I've got to, Like, did you ever go to that extent?
1: Nope. The press did. The press went to him and told him and put my life in danger, actually. How's that? Because it, it pissed him off. Well, right. You know, I, I mean, I could ever come after you. Him? Did he ever come no, after no, you? No, press? he did not. He did not. He did not. But I was afraid because I knew what he was capable of. He told me after you get to know somebody after all these months, you know? And he told me he used to deal cocaine. He used to deal coke. And then that a lot of shady characters would come to his house. He lived with his mother and um, yeah, I was 35. I think he lived with his mom. Anyway, he, he told me a lot of the a lot of really shady things that he did. And this is a man that's serving on a jury to uh, decide over my son's fate, a criminal. And what's really, really bad about this is once I've gathered all the um, evidence of uh, misconduct, very serious misconduct, and I told you earlier that the judge held a press conference instead of ev- evidentiary hearing, the judge held a press conference and now your audience really needs to absorb this. This is so insane where's the hearing to review the evidence
0: yeah that never happened
1: no no he held a press conference he decided that the tapes were corrupted that it sounded like they went off and on i said well get an expert get an expert to look at the tapes and and see that there wasn't any editing that's why we have hearings, right? To go all over the evidence. And let's call Jason Owl, juror number eight, to the stand and ask him, did you know John's friends? Did you hang out with friends? Let's call Billy to the stand. Let's say, Billy, do you know him? Let's call Jason Owl's cousin, Linda. Did you date John's friend's brother? Let's get the truth out. It never came out. At the press conference, Judge Alan Maris, he should be ashamed of himself, but he's probably hanging out with Danny Chung. That's another story. He calls, it's horrible, but it's horrible what they do to people's lives. Absolutely.
0: I just love your reaction to it. They're just yeah,
1: Because it. it sickens me. I was going to not mention them by name because they have my son in a cage. And I said, you know what? The more I keep going after them, the more they keep denying John. So what do I do? Say,
0: well, the way. judge?
1: The DA? No. They did this. There's thousands of wrongfully convicted people. Thousands and thousands of them. And people really don't... I mean, every day you open up the newspaper, you hear 25 years wrongfully, 20 years wrongfully you know, there's Anthony DePitball, his co-defendant. There's so many people. There's Simon DeJage. He's still in prison. Hector Lopez. There's so many. Kevin we Murphy. We just Frank got. Vitro. Frank, Frank Vitro. Wrongfully convicted in, in Long Island. There's just. just there's a so the big out. one in
0: the big case in Maryland. I uh, can't think of the gentleman's name right now, but there's a huge case in Mar- Maryland. The same person who did uh Jeff's. Jeff Diskovic's, uh documentary uh, helped fight for that case. You know, this is a ongoing problem. And, and you kind of uh, this brings up a question, something that I saw in a video. And I, I know the guy was trying to be funny in the video, but he brought up such a point that my wife and I have discussed this. You know, when we bring up the idea of 12 jurors. Originally, the idea 12 jurors would have been landowners, people within a community, educated people. They were. That's the idea of where this comes from. You know, that's where they would have been. They wouldn't have been the average Joe Schmo. Fast forward to a society where from an education standpoint, we're well, we are way more educated than we ever were, you know, 200 years ago. You know what is your feeling on the idea that maybe being a juror should be a job, meaning yeah, that someone
1: educated in that field,
0: right? You're, you're educated, you know, you're not a lawyer, but you're educated on evidence. You're educated on, you know, witnesses, you're educated in some way similar, I guess almost like a pair, like, like you would have to have, you know, the same credentials as a paralegal I hear you. to sit I like as a juror. Idea.
1: All right, but then they'll never get a conviction. And how about, this is really interviewing more important. They've got to abolish absolute immunity. They've got I'm talking to.
0: About for, well, well, look, I, I agree that's, with that's you there.
1: more important, I believe, because th- it's okay for them to lie to the jury. Right. Because let's say we have professional juror members, right? They're professional, they're educated in the field, but they're being lied to. The lion's got to stop.
0: Well, it's, that's- a show.
1: it's a show. It's a stage. They're doing a performance. That's what's happening. And, and it's about convictions and tough on crime. Gotta get convicted. Gotta get convicted. It's not about the truth.
0: Look, I'm 100% with you. You know, folks, if you want to look into New York laws and realize that, you know, everybody's up in arms over bail reform here, but that's based on a case where a guy who had committed crimes in the past but was locked up for truly for a crime he did not commit because somebody thought he had stolen something and he sat in jail for two and a half years waiting on a case that finally once they released him from jail, after two and a half years of waiting for his case because he couldn't pay the bail, no one would pay the bail because he had been in trouble in the past so they just assumed he had committed the crime. He spent two and a half years in jail and then turns around six, seven months after that, commits suicide. That's where... Bail reform in New York comes from for those of us that that,
1: I know a case as well.
0: Yeah. So listen, I would never say that our system, look, I think our system's better than a lot of places. Trust me. I think our system is a lot, a lot of places we've got a better system, but we're supposed to be a leader. We can do better. We can, we can see these things and go, Hey, we really gotta take the time to do better at what we're doing. We're, we just remember we lock up more people in the United States than any country in the world. Um, we turned prisons into look it up, folks. The largest lobbying group in the entire country yeah. is the corporate prison system, they are the largest lobbying group. Money, that's all money. Those of you that think California is such a progressive, great state, if you did not know it, they just last year finally outlawed corporate prisons for people who are crossing the borders, all their border prisons, call them what they are. They can call them detaining areas. All you want to They're prisons. Mm -hmm. All those locations were ran by corporations. Uh, Corporations come. If you go to, you know, somebody works at a McDonald's, their uniform. It's made in America in a prison at uh, pennies on the dollar. Prisoners work for 47, 45 cents an hour in prison to make your, to make uniforms, to make different items that it is a, a level of slave labor. Remember, and if you love all these different people, our current president wrote the big crime bill that locks everybody up. That was his crime bill. Uh, he's the one who coined the term super predator along with his predecessor who was trying to get into office, Hillary Clinton, and you can go back to Bill Clinton and, Those of us who pay child support, if you want to know why your child support is you can go to jail for not paying child support, that is Bill Clinton. He added that in that uh, child support is a crim not paying it is a criminal act and you can be sent to prison for it. And it
1: gets worse, they take off your driver's license.
0: Tell me, take your driver's license away from you. So now you you,
1: can't go to work. So you can't go to work.
0: So you can't pay it to start with. And then you have to fight to get what they call a, a working driver's license, which means you can just go back and forth to work. The the system well, makes sense. The, the system needs so much help. A- and most of it is scared people who think everyone is bad because they don't act like them, they don't look like them, they don't act like them, and they've got money. Um, folks, I'll always be the one to tell you there are bad people in the world. That is why people like Kevin Murphy and myself did what we did, you know, in our lives prior to today was so that you can sleep comfortably at night to keep bad people from coming and bothering you. Trust me, there's good cops out there. They're of course, they're of they're, they're there to do the right thing.
1: And good ADAs. They're, they're,
0: good they're,
1: judges. That goodness. you know yeah. We have good and bad everywhere.
0: I, I don't want anyone to sit here and think that we're we're just bashing them. Please don't. No. I I they do a job that I wouldn't do. Right. They do, do a profession that I wouldn't that I, I wouldn't want to I don't think I could sleep at night with the fear that I made the wrong decision. Right. John's got 19 and John. John's got 19 years. Mm-hmm. Is there any time in between now and six years from now where he could get out? Do we have any more trials coming up? Anything that somebody could reach out and kind of say, Hey, we, we support this. We, we can help out anything like that coming up.
1: Well, um, keep in mind, this is uh, what happened with Danny Chun. Like I said, he distorted the facts of the case. He distorted it. So he made a factual finding, okay? So in his eyes, the, John's rights, constitutional rights were not violated. So in order to appeal to the federal level with what we presented, with which was the both defense attorneys saying they did not get the tape, We couldn't move on because of that very reason. So what we need is Danny Chun to step down. He's biased. I could tell you even more stories on why he's biased. Matthew Demick. Matthew Demick is the chief judge, okay? His daughter, Kate Demick, dated Mark Fisher, the victim in John's case. The chief judge, he... How Let is this even is,
0: kept in King County? How is this even kept in King County?
1: It is so bizarre, you know, and all I'm doing is be- uh, begging them to get a, um, uh, a special prosecutor and get the judge off. The judge is biased. He he is not giving John an inch to prove. I think at this time, they all know that John is innocent, Okay. But I'm not going to argue that. I'm going to say just give him a fair trial. Right. Okay? So to answer your question, we have to find new found evidence to get back into court. Okay. I found new evidence over and over and over again. And almost everybody recanted. So that means... John didn't get a fair trial. They admitted they lied. They were threatened by Anasiga nicolazzi to expose personal information. That was one uh, witness. There were so many threats and coercions, and they all said, I lied, and this is why I lied. And what does the judge do? Nothing. 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 So there might be something even bigger going on here that I'm not getting. However... Give John a fair trial. They won't give John a fair trial because there's no evidence. It all fell apart. It re- was reduced to rubble. So they're going to hold on to this because how dare you, Doreen, go undercover and find this evidence? How, well, how dare, would you dare you do you
0: us wrong? How dare you do what we should have done?
1: Oh my God! And also, I'm asking for a fair trial. And everybody deser- deserves a fair trial. That's Absolutely. I'm not asking for much
0: that's that's just a basic human right that you know as an American we say hey we we should have a a fair trial to everything right you know, it's i that mean,
1: simple. i just I just got a text to let you know, and people are having a difficult time asking questions. It won't come in for some reason oh,
0: really wonder what's going on here Wonder if it's wonder can you ask them what they're asked what what platform they're on
1: oh what platform okay
0: yeah.
1: I think they just heard you. <laughs> What platform are you on?
0: Because I cause YouTube, I'm getting like Kevin Murphy's asking questions, Amy Flowers throwing oh. stuff up. Nate with YouTube? YouTube?
1: Okay. And
0: YouTube. Like Kevin, Kevin and uh, Amy are on YouTube. Nate's on Facebook. Uh I'm just so I can see where most people are at. I have ten people. Ten of you are watching on uh YouTube and then two on my personal page and one one on uh Twitch right now, which is probably uh Twitch, I know who that is. That, that's my normal partner who's uh moving this weekend. He's on he's on Twitch. That's uh dibs. So, but yeah, folks, I'm I'm sorry that you can't ask questions. I don't know what's going on here. I'm getting everybody else's uh like Amy sent the the she she updated her question. Uh didn't Nicolazzi go to the drug court for a veto and ask for the judge to keep it off the record. Uh and then Nate, this is I love my Nate. This is why we love Nate. I told you we we're going to make a left turn at some point. Nate wants to know what your go-to comfort food is. Oh, my go-to comfort food? I don't
1: know. Uh, Hagen does ice cream.
0: <laughs> look at, look at, look at! I can't fault no Hagen dazs
1: I'm trying me. to stay away from sugar. It's a struggle.
0: Sugar look, is you're your Down in the city, sugar I
1: will kill you. Listen, and the struggle is real.
0: Listen to me. Down in the city, my spot. There's two of them, Manhattan, come out of Penn Station, come out on the 8th and 30, what is it, 31st, 32nd Street right there. Okay. The uh, halal cart, chicken and rice from that halal cart. I love it. Is it. Unbel- He's the only one I know of that puts olives mm. in his chicken and rice. Mm. Unbelievably good. Or go up to K-Town, mm-hmm. which is up off of 6th. And go up to K-town and there's a spot. We have one here in Albany. The one in Albany isn't as good. It's called uh BBQ chicken. B letter B, letter B, letter Q chicken. Mm-hmm. It's Korean, it's Korean fried chicken.
1: Nice.
0: I'm gonna tell you right now, the Koreans could go toe-to-toe with some southern fried chicken. <laughs> like toe. Yeah. And Nate, I am so proud of you. Nate said he was 350. He's down to 295 now. Feeling uh, I feel you on the sugar. Yeah, stay away we, from it. We
1: Just
0: love our mate. Me. So, 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 look, everybody, reach out to some of these names that, that Doreen's mentioned to you. We need to get this. You know, we, we need to support John. Uh, I'm going to try to read most of these names. Doreen and I talked about this earlier. These are some of the organizations that are helping to support John. The National Association for Criminal Defense Lawyers, the Innocence Project, American Civil Liberties Union, New York City Liberty Union, New York State Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, Legal Aid Society, Bronx Defenders, Center for Appellate Leg- Litigation, Office of Appellate Defenders, and Chief Defenders Association in New York, and Center of the Administration of Criminal Law at New York University University School of Law. The fact that I didn't mess up any of those, I'm very impressed with myself because I have a problem I'm with anything. Uh, <laughs>
1: So they believe in his innocence and they know for a fact he did not get a fair child.
0: I'll hook that up, Nate. You know, it's just, it's an unbelievable story. And folks, we're paraphrasing. We, I promise you we're paraphrasing. Uh, Doreen and I, the first time we spoke was for a couple of hours, just going over this and then reading articles and understanding what's going on. Yeah. We have to be better we have to stop believing that people are guilty before they are innocent
1: absolutely
0: we have to stop believing the court of public opinion on everything look some of these people and, and the other side to it is, is if you want to see change public defenders people in those roles and i'm not just saying public defenders even public even you know people that are defending criminals when they lie they have to be held accountable if lawyers are not held accountable I'll say whatever I want to say also and get away with it. Right. You to be held accountable for it. Why wouldn't you? There's enough court systems in this country. There's one in particular that this child deals with kids that you can Mm. lie all day long to. And there's nothing to hold you accountable to it. So we've got to get back to this. You know, reach out to your local assembly person. Reach out to your local state uh, congressman. your your Eric.
1: Eric uh, Gonzalez of Brooklyn D.A., write to Danny Chun in Supreme Court, say, give this kid a fair trial. You know?
0: well, re- reach out. Here.
1: Tell
0: tell these folks what what you're feeling. If you're hearing this story, go to freejohnjuka.com. And Juka, again, G-I-U-C-A. Go to freejohnjuka.com. Talk, put yourself out there. See what John's going go on. See how you can be a, be a supportive person. Do not log off on me, Doreen, when we're done with this. We have to talk for a moment. Okay. But make sure you folks are doing these things. We're, we're going to get ready to close the bar up here. Uh, trust me, Doreen and I have had these conversations. We could probably have another three to four hours worth of conversations. Go read that Vanity Fair article. If, if your heart doesn't break listening to that article, I, I don't know what will. Um, for those of you that are finding us through Doreen, all of you that were on YouTube today, I appreciate all of you please give that YouTube channel a follow. It means a lot to us. Tomorrow, this will go out on Facebook, all your normal podcasting locations, whether that be Apple, whether that be Spotify, wherever you you listen to your uh, podcast at. Make sure you give it a follow, give it a five star, leave a comment. That's how Doreen's story gets out. That's how John's story gets out. That's how people hear about this because those algorithms, whether we like it or not, they push things to the top the more popular they get. So make sure you're, you're pushing that, that uh, out there Uh, real quick. Amy says, Doreen, when the story came out about Jason Allo, who was the lawyer that represented him?
1: Sal Strazzulo, who the district attorney got, uh, they actually protected the criminal, meaning the district attorney. They got Sal Strazzulo to represent Jason Allen, juror number eight. He's a lawyer who represented Jason Allen because Jason Allen committed the crime, right? He commit, right. committed serious misconduct. And when I what I was leading to you, what I was leading to before was Judge Allen Maris held a press conference and he told the press that he was going to call upon the legislators to create a law against people like you. Doreen Giuliano, he he was gonna call upon the legislators to create a law. And at the time I had a lawyer and he said, you know, with all due respect, we already have a law and it's called contempt of court and perjury. And the juror is the one who committed it. So what Amy was getting to was, Jason didn't have money to hire a lawyer. So hi, uh,
0: so he the, can't, he the, he can't, can't hear us. My Charles from?
1: Hines got him a lawyer.
0: Hi, He's, he can't hear you right now. You to say hi, wave hi to Mister oh. Reen. She she can't hear you. My little one is. They were they were decorating the Christmas tree in the other room, and he came out to see Dad.
1: Oh, very nice. Mm. So, and, uh, and I would like to plug one more person, yeah, please, I would like to plug Jason Flom. If anyone really doesn't understand that there is this is an epidemic of wrongful convictions. Just go over to that podcast. It's called Wrongful Convictions by Jason Flom, F L O M, and it's incredible. When you listen to these stories, you get a better sense of what is going on in America.
0: Yeah, go check out Jason. And you make sure and the other one I'm going to look uh, our prior guest, he's got a foundation also, Jeff Descovic Joe, check out Jeff. Jeff does this all day. Jeff spent 16 years in jail for for a rape and murder. He didn't convict. And And they
1: had the DNA all along. And they denied getting it tested. And that's what they do in these cases. Deny, deny, deny. Close
0: close it and look at my numbers. Close this and look at my numbers. I look better. So, you know, folks, make sure you're you're checking out freejohnjuka.com. G-I-U-C-A for Juka. Check out freejohnjuka.com make sure you're reaching out to your folks push for that push so that we get some justice for john something we're not asking for you to believe that if he's innocent or guilty what we're asking for is a fair trial without lies without bias without you know situations where we all it's it's been proven it's bullshit call it what it is so if you're a new yorker and you all like to say you're New York strong. I'm not from New York. I'm from Baltimore. I live here now. But we like to talk about New York strong and we can stand up to anything. Well, I want you to see, see how many people stand up to a situation that you know is wrong, that you know is a lie, that you know is BS. And let's see how New York strong you really are. That's my challenge to every single one of you. Yeah, Doreen, again, don't log off on me. We have one final Final rule here on the above the bar podcast. Okay, And for those of you that are, let me throw this out here. For those of you that are finding me through Doreen, we do this every Wednesday, 8 PM Eastern standard time, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, every, every, uh, spot you can think of. I try to get this out. Please join us next week. We're at, it's not New York, but it's New Jersey. We're talking New York, New Jersey, uh, independent wrestling, Uh, with one of the promoters, Shane. So we'll be talking that next week. Nice. So, you know, we're, we're keeping it as New York as we can. (laughs) Uh, For a while there, I was very Montana. All my guests were from Montana. Uh, So that's the deal. Make sure you you give us a like, follow five stars. Mr. And one of the rules of the above the bar podcast is the guest gets the final word. So what's the final word?
1: Oh God, put me on the spot here. Okay, um, you know. Uh, all right, so I'll I'll say a little story. Okay, is that okay? <laughs> that's,
0: look, that's your final word. All
1: right, all right. So, um, just everyone uh, out there, uh, just uh, envision you yourself with. Uh, I'm a bit of a storyteller. Um, a bowl of uh, a big pot of stew. Okay, you have a big pot of stew, your mom, your sister, they made a big pot of stew for you, right? And you uh, take a bowl and you start eating that stew. And then you find this rancid piece of meat in that stew, rancid, green molded. Do you pluck it out and throw it away and continue to eat? Or do you throw out the whole thing and get yourself a new pot of stew? That's what I ask for this jury, John's trial. The whole jury gets flung out, and we get a new jury pool. And if you can believe that, if you agree with that, if you agree with that, then John deserves a fair trial.
0: All righty, folks. Be sure to push your stool in. This has been an Earplug Podcast presentation found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.